This is the Building the Dam podcast. Joining me shortly is Travis Johannes of Building the Dam and recurring guest. And today we'll be talking about Oregon State football and who should be named starting quarterback and kind of some Oklahoma State preview. Enjoy. And joining me now is Travis from Building the Dam. How you doing, Travis? What up? Doing pretty good. How you doing? Not too bad. Long day of traveling this past weekend, but it's good to be home. Yeah. Were, were, yeah. You, were you down in Vegas? Yeah. Well, we drove through Vegas to California, so we're in Palm Springs. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. A lot of driving. Um, but there's some actual Oregon State football news since the last time we talked. Um, really? But mostly, it's almost time for football. We're a week, two weeks away from real football. So, yeah, like what? A little, uh, let's call it a week and a half. Because next yeah. Friday, that's close enough. Yeah. I mean, I think Arizona and Hawaii play Saturday, the 24th. Yeah, so uh, that's, that's, a, well, should, that's this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, that's You're week right. zero, right. as they call it. Um, week zero. That was, we had our uh, week zero a couple of years ago against Colorado State. Yeah, it didn't go so well. <laughs> no. And I was on, oh, God, what, I remember that being on one of those crappy channels that no one got yeah i don't remember yeah sorry that was tangent but <laughs> you're good so yeah no just a few of the notes before we get into it there's isaiah newell the running back slash athlete uh he seems like a pretty pretty talented kid committed to oregon state what were your thoughts on that um it was it was exciting i think it, it sounded like it was sort of um a a well-known secret. I don't know. Everyone, everyone kind of had him pegged as okay. This guy's going to go to Oregon State. Um, so I don't think his announcement was necessarily. I mean, it wasn't necessarily big news. It was just kind of confirming. But overall, like getting him is huge. He uh, is now the headliner of our class, I believe, for that for the uh, twenty twenty season. Um, and he's he's a three star, but. From some of the stuff I've read, they they said he could very well be uh, get that fourth star during his senior season. So that'd be nice. That'd be huge. Um, yeah, yeah. He's he had... like a oh, big right. running back. He just six three two twenty five or something like that. Yeah, a... yeah. From what I read, he's basically kind of a a bit of a bruiser. So that's a uh, oh, it's. We 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 haven't really had a whole lot of trouble getting running backs at Oregon State throughout the years, but it's always good to get a uh, get some talent back there, some depth at the position. And I, like you said, he he's a he's a big time recruit. Looking through his offers, he had I think at least half the Pac-12, and then yeah, like Oregon, was, USC, big schools. Yeah, a sprinkling of some other uh, Power Five con- or uh, Power Five teams throughout the nation. So. Big addition, and it's a uh, yeah. He's in. He'll be on campus next year. So, I mean, he'll join a already pretty loaded running back room with Jamar Jefferson. Obviously, next year, uh, Artavis Pierce will be gone, but you still have you know BJ Baylor and um, Calvin Tyler, and then Teron Madsen. Yeah, yeah, that was the one I, I was trying to. He was uh, one of the better recruits for this year, so. Yeah, it's yeah, and I like it. He's not afraid of 
uh, the competition, and he's excited to be at Oregon State, so that's great. Yeah. Um, and then the, the bigger news, the, they played a scrimmage. Oregon State played their big scrimmage uh, leading up to the season, and it, it sounds – I wasn't able to watch it, unfortunately, but it sounds like the defense won the day pretty much. That's what I've been reading and hearing. Yeah, and that's I, – I mean, it's always hard to take a whole lot from scrimmages just because – I think even uh, I think Smith had a quote basically saying, you know, we're they're going pretty vanilla as far as what they're throwing out there, both offensively and defensively, just because it's open. You know, they it's open to the public. It's that they don't want. Um, well, basically, they don't want Oklahoma State to see any of the uh, the wrinkles they might have thrown in. Yeah. So obviously scrimmages are always a little weird. It's hard. To, it's hard to take out a whole lot of information from it. But. The fact that the defense held its own is obviously a good sign because even in like scrimmages past couple of years, it's, it hasn't looked good on that side of the ball. So even if they're having some success, even if it's in the most basic form of what we have, like that's a that's a good that's a good step. So yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, obviously the offense isn't running all their their tricks and just really doing basic stuff. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, I I like it. The defense needs that confidence boost. Yeah, but you also got to imagine the defense probably isn't running all its stuff either. You know, I'm, I'm assuming they're not running. You know, some of their disguised blitz uh, blitz packages or things like that. So, you know, I'm sure there's some more defensive wrinkles that weren't out there uh, on Saturday either. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's it's, it's good to see that the defense looks like it's. And it, it, it kind of has to be better than last year because, I mean, there's not really a whole – there's not another direction to go from the basement. But it sounds like uh, there's at least a I – w- I would say significant improvement. And they still might not be good come Pac-12 time. But as long as they aren't atrocious like they were last year and the year before, you know, it's a, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. I mean, playing football is always fun, but the only negative is potential injuries. And we saw a couple of new injuries Saturday at the scrimmage. Gus Lavaca and James Rawls. Do you know very much about their their injuries? Uh, not really. I, I will say, as a I, I was a high school athletic trainer for ten years, and I I freaking hate scrimmages for this fact. Alone. There always seems to be some injuries, and, I, and it's all part of the game. I get it. I mean, it's it is what it is, but it always sucks when you get guys injured in things that don't really matter. Um, though I understand the need for the scrimmage, but I, I guess both Rawls and Lavaca were ankle injuries, and it sounded like at least right after the scrimmage that staff wasn't terribly concerned of them being. Let's say significant injuries. Um, yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I haven't heard anything else beyond that. So we'll kind of have to see over the next few days what their uh, participation level is in practice and stuff like that to kind of get a better idea. But a lot of times, I mean, like I said, you know, with scrimmages not really mattering, a lot of times teams are very, very, very cautious. So even if someone like slightly rolls an ankle they're gonna go okay get him out you, you know and in a game they might say okay tape it up some more and get back out there but you're 
in scrimmages, you're going to be super cautious because, well, there's no point to not being. So Yeah, nothing's on the line. Um, yeah, it sounded like uh, Gus Lavaca's injury at first. I thought it was a knee injury, which would have been real bad. But, I mean, Jonathan Smith said it's an ankle. They don't see, think it's long-term. Uh, but even if it's just a rolled, sprained ankle, it's we're, what, a week and a half now from game day, August 30th. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they'll tape it up and he'll be fine. But that makes me nervous. Yeah, obviously it's not. It's definitely not ideal to be uh, dealing with an injury this early, but I mean, it is sort of the nature of the game. I think by honestly at this level, by week three, I think every player is dealing with something. Um, yeah. <laughs> just because football. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a violent sport. So hopefully it's, it is something where they can just, you know, tape it up and he doesn't really necessarily see any, um, well, I guess I would say uh, hopefully it doesn't affect him as far as the game goes because, you know, a lot of times things will hurt during practice. And then by the time it's game time, you know, all the adrenaline and whatnot, you don't even feel it. Next yeah. day, you might be like, oh, yeah, this hurts a lot. But <laughs> Yeah. Um, and uh, moving on a little bit. So today there's a few announcements on college football world. Ohio State named Justin Fields their starting quarterback, which was to be expected. Same with Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma, but they were both the coaching staffs were kind of saying the competition was still going. Um, Oregon State has yet to name a starter, and uh, it's kind of a a hot topic, I think, in Beaver Nation. Um, It seemed like Jake Luton was going to be the guy, and then – it's kind of they've closed the gap in recent weeks. We ran that Twitter poll and it came out 57 43%. So the majority not or... Trishan Jebia. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So the fans want to see the backup who was uh, the ne- Nebraska transfer. I think we differ on our opinions here. So just yeah, give right. it, give it to me straight. What? What are your thoughts on who should be named starter? All right. So I, I'm I, I'm looking at this as if, you know, if they are actually close. You know, I it, it a lot of times it this could just be some, you know, smoke screen by the coaching staff where they're trying to increase the competition. So one of you know, one might still be decently better than the other one. But but if they are close as much as I would love it for Luton to play for him because he's been through a lot, um, you know, a lot of injuries and whatnot. And coming back for a sixth year, it'd be great personally for Luton. Um, honestly, I think if they are close, the best thing for the team is to start Jebbia because yeah. um, Jebbia is your future, or at least you hope he is, you know, if, and it, He's still got three years of eligibility, and this year isn't going to be a great year, no matter who starts. I mean, it should be better than the last than last year and the year before. But I don't, I don't know that either of these quarterbacks is going to be leading them to a bowl game or anything like that. So I, I would rather they kind of go, you know, build for the future 
get the uh, get the younger guy some reps. Um, just kind of built, you know, sort of getting that experience and kind of learning from it. it, it it's it's kind of like uh, back to the Mike Riley days as an example. A lot of times, a new quarterback would kind of suck his first year in the offense and people would be like, why are we, why is this guy playing? And then after a year or sometimes two years, um, they blow up, they kind of get it all figured out. And so if that's going to be the case, I would rather get that. Oh, this guy sucks here out of the way now. Um, But, but again, I fully understand why people would want Luton and the, as far as like, I don't know. I, I, it would be a cooler story. I get that. And the, the guy who's, you know, he's dealt with crappy injuries and he's been uh, with the team for several years, gone through several years of crappy football. So for that, I understand the Luton side of it, but personally, I would rather just say, well, let's get Jebby some experience and let him go with it. Yeah. I mean, I am firmly in the Jake Luton boat. I'm all for him being named starter. And even if you throw out kind of all the emotional um, aspects of it, of all the injuries, the six year of eligibility, um, and it makes probably more logical sense to start the, the younger guy if they're close. Um, but Luton, the main reason I want to see him get this starting job is just his connection with Isaiah Hodgins, their kind of top receiver, I think, in the scrimmage game even. Um, Luton led the first team on a 99-yard drive, um, and the big play there was like a 58-yard pass to Isaiah Hodgins. Um, so I just think Luton, he's he's finally got some continuity in the coaching staff, finally in the same offensive scheme for a second year. And I just think him and Hodgins are going to have a big season if they're both healthy. And I could see Hodgins easily passing 1,000 yards. And I don't know if that's the case with Jebbia at quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I, I get that argument. I just – that's where I kind of say if obviously one is better, if obviously one gives you a significantly better chance to win games, um, you go with that one no matter who it is. I'm, but I don't know if they're close. That being said, I, I think both will play a solid amount this year, um, especially early in the season. I think we could see sort of like we did last year where you have um, – where you had Luton and uh, Blunt basically splitting reps for the first few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Jebbia and- uh, for Blunt, so – yeah. And I'm, I mean, I'm sure even all things, if this is how I see it playing out, if everybody stays healthy, uh, oh, can you still hear me? Um, if everybody stays healthy, I see Luton being named starter, Jebbia getting series here and there. I'm sure he'll play a bit against how against Cal Poly. Um, but in all likelihood, Luton hasn't really shown the ability to stay healthy for a significant amount of time. Um, and so, I mean, Jebbia is going to get his opportunities, but 
My my pipe dream right now is Luton stays healthy all twelve games, throws for over three thousand yards, and just has an awesome senior season, six year of eligibility. Um, because yeah, he's had his fair share of injuries. <laughs> he deserves yeah. a healthy season. Yeah, I get that part. Um, so I and I and I honestly I, I my guess is Luton will be named the starter. Um. And though I wouldn't be surprised if, even if he's healthy, if Jebbia manages to overtake him throughout the year, because we've already seen him kind of closing the gap through uh, fall camp here. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, as practices go on throughout the season, I, you could see him close that gap even more. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Uh, one thing I'm interested in seeing is Luton being a little bit more mobile. Last year he had his ankle injuries, um, but from all the reports, it sounds like he's he's got a little bit of mobility on him. He's not afraid to tuck it, get move the chains if he needs to. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, that uh, that would be a huge um, addition to his his game. Yeah. Sorry, that is not me deeply breathing. If you can hear that, that is my dog. Um, I, don't know, I don't know if it, I don't know if this picked it up, but if you hear, uh, everything is fine. My dog just he's he just came inside and he wants to say hi. That's all. <laughs> um, and then I was I was looking through kind of the. It sounds like this week they're probably gonna narrow it down, release the depth chart, and give the ones and the twos, and maybe name the starter quarterback although i i don't expect them to name a starter this week um but i was looking through the depth chart and there's only really two positions that i'm a little bit unsure of who's going to name be named the starter um so i'm just going to run through it real quick and yeah. stop me if you disagree with any of these okay. uh, but i i think luton will be quarterback jefferson yeah. uh yeah. first String running back, uh, Noah Togiai, tight end. Um, wide receivers, I think it'll be Hodgins, Bradford, and then the Nebraska transfer, Tyjon Lindsay, um, in the third spot. Yeah, and I could, I, I mean, re- receivers are always a position where you see multiple guys get in, but I could see, I, uh, uh, wow, I'm drawing a blank on the Oh, Josiah Irish. Sorry, I drew a blank on his name. I could see him getting in there a lot too. But yeah, I I think if you're going just the top three there, you're you, I would agree with your uh, assessment there. Yeah, um, yeah. It sounds like Irish has got a bunch of potential, but he just needs to clean up a little bit some of the mental mistakes. Um, in offensive line, I think they'll go left tackle Blake Brandell, left guard Gus Lavaca. Hopefully, that ankle's good to go. Um, Right tackle, I think they'll go Brandon Kipper. And then uh, the other two spots are a little bit up for grab, but I think Nathan Eldridge, the Arizona transfer, is going to be slotted in at center to start, even though he's missed a lot of time and still kind of working his way back in. Um, and then I think – I'm not sure if they're going to move um, – oh, do you know how to say this guy's name? <laughs> not at all. I was waiting for you. I was, gonna, I was hoping you did, and then I was just gonna. I was just gonna copy what you're. Um, Noise Kaobanum. Yeah, NK. I'm gonna call yeah. him NK. He's been 
he's been taking most of the first string um, time at center. Uh, but I think once Eldridge is back, they'll they'll push him to right guard, or potentially Clay Cordasco will stay there at right guard. Um, yeah. So I mean, yeah. Go for yeah, it. I think a lot of that does hinge on the health of Eldridge. I, to me, it's a little concerning that he hasn't really, he isn't you know one hundred percent participating this close to the this close at the start of the season. So I could see a situation where the Oklahoma State game he's not out there, but you know by week two or maybe week three, you kind of have that where he takes over center and then um, you move NK. <laughs> Over yeah. to uh, over to guard, but I, I it, it to me it is concerning that he's not a full participant yet, and we are, like we said, we're ten days or so from game time. Right. Yeah, and I could definitely see that that they're going to stick with the guy who's been practicing with first team um, all of fall camp. But yeah, maybe second, third game, Eldridge is a little more healthy, and then they start. Uh, moving guys around and then going defensively uh, I think Isaac Hodgins, Elu Aiden the senior and Jordan Whitley will probably get the call for the defensive line Um, kind of it's so up in the air with the defensive line but I think those three guys yeah and defensive, defensive line is just it's also one of those positions where guys are in and out so starter honestly doesn't necessarily mean that much. I mean, those guys will probably play more than the rest, but they they rotate so many guys in and out. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll give Alu Aiden and Jordan Whitley a first team uh, on the depth chart, but I'd be surprised if either of those guys play more than 50% of the snaps. Yeah, yeah, for sure. they will rotate so much. Um, and then linebackers, I think, I think this one's pretty set, but there's Hamilcar, Rashid, and Andre Shoes Murray on the outside, and then the inside, uh, you got Shamar Smith, and then I think the Nebraska transfer, Avery Roberts, is going to win um, kind of that inside linebacker job. See, the only one I wonder about, and again, it's sort of that same thing as Eldridge being a health situation. As far as the outline outside linebacker position, um, Addison Gums, the Oklahoma transfer, he he, I think when healthy, when he's one hundred percent, he will he will take over one of those two starting spots. Yeah, um, but for right now, yeah, 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 you're probably he he's still kind of recovering from uh, ACL. I mean, he's he's out there and he's practicing a lot, so I, I still think he'll get. He'll get a he'll play a lot even up until then. I just, I don't know if he's um ready to go full time yet, but when he is, I imagine he will take over uh yeah. one of the two outside linebacker spots, probably from Hughes Murray, but and 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 again, linebacker and you could probably say this with most defensive positions, linebacker's sort of like a D line position. You'll you'll see a lot of those guys kind of rotate in and out. Um yeah, so. yeah. I I think Gums will play a lot against Oklahoma State, even if he isn't officially a starter. Um, I, yeah, I think he even had a sack against uh, Jebbia on Saturday in the scrimmage. So I, one one thing I'm really curious to see, um, 
is if he ever does kind of drop down or I guess move up, I don't know. I don't know which way you'd call that. Whatever. <laughs> if he ever if he ever gets lines up basically as a defense end, you know, and if they go say a a four or three set, even though I know we are, you know, our base scheme is three four, but they're gonna, you know, they'll I'm sure there's some four three sets in there, and I would I would be curious to see if he kind of moves up from the outside linebacker to a defensive end position because um, that's that's where he was that's the position he was when he was in high school and then I think he played sort of the same um a little bit uh defensive end outside linebacker his first year at Oklahoma and he sort of I guess they more or less call it like an edge rusher basically his job is to get the quarterback which right. I'm excited about because we haven't really had a whole lot of getting the quarterback the past few years yeah I mean, I last year I was so sick of just watching teams ram it down Oregon State's throat and not being able to stop the run. So I would just love it if they stick the defensive line in the middle, just bring their off outside linebackers up on the edge and just leave no running lanes, just really stack the box. <laughs> make, yeah. make teams beat them through the air. Uh, um, and then, yeah, I, then looking at the secondary – um, I think it'll be Isaiah Dunn and Caleb Hayes at corner uh, with like Sean Wilson also corner um, covering the slot as a nickel back. And then um, you got Jalen Moore and David Morris at safety if they're both healthy, um, which I think I'm a little more worried about David Morris being named a starter just because he has missed so much of fall camp. I could see, Omar Hicks, Onu, or Jeffrey Manning Jr. maybe taking that spot from him just just to start the season. Yeah, he unfortunately he's got um, he's had a little bit of that uh, the injury bug the past two years. So we, I mean, we know he's talented. His freshman year, he was probably the best defensive player Oregon State had, um, yeah. and that was as a true freshman. So. If he went when healthy, he's a huge addition to the defense. But unfortunately, basically for the past year, he has not really been 100% healthy with uh, just lots of different things. I know he's had, I think, was ankle issues at first, if I remember, or foot. I think it was a foot issue, and yeah. now it's a hamstring issue. And I think there was maybe some other stuff involved in there, too. So... Um, hopefully he's able to get it right. He kind of, he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Noah Togiai on the offensive side where you, you just, you see all this like great potential. And when he plays, you're like, Oh, this, this dude's a stud. But unfortunately for both of them, they've sort of spent a lot of time in the training room. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hoping for a healthy season for both of those guys, they definitely deserve it. Um, it it's sounds nice. Or I was gonna say the nice thing about David Morris is he's still only a sophomore. You know, he's able to redshirt last year. Um so yeah. he still has several years ahead of him. So hopefully he can kinda get healthy and get it right and you know, make it make the impact that we think he can based off his freshman year. Yeah. Um and I think I mean he hasn't done a lot of live work, a lot of hitting, uh, but I think David Morris is is getting there, and I think he'll be out there against Oklahoma State. Um, and speaking of Oklahoma State, we're just ten days away. You want to talk I, about the moment, don't you? I <laughs> I always want to talk about oh, the moment. 
Maybe that's just okay. It's not just me. Um, I'm really, I'm really, um, I really don't want this game to happen because then I have to think of new ideas of things to write about besides Mike Gundy's mullet. <laughs> I think that's carried me for at least four articles in the past few months. I've been able to work a lot of mullet jokes in there. Um, but I mean, yeah. Speak, speaking of Mike Gundy and the mullet, he has not named a starting quarterback either. And um, I was the mullet over. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's that was, that was that's a bad one. That's, that's low hanging fruit. There, I swear this is a serious website. Buildingthedam.com. We are very professional. <laughs> but they've got a kind of a Jake Luton, Tristan Jibia situation of their own with uh, Drew Brown, Hawaii grad transfer um, senior. They think he's going to be maybe the starter, but then they have Spencer Sanders, who is a stud recruit, and that's who all the fans want. They want him to start for the next four years, Um, and I don't think they're going to name a starter until kickoff time to kind of try to mess with Oregon State. Uh, What what are your thoughts on that? Um, Yeah, I... I... I, I... I don't know. I always, I always think there's some, sometimes some of that stuff, that coach gamesmanship is just pointless. I, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know a whole lot about either of those two quarterbacks, so I can't weigh in on you know who who should start or anything. I just, I feel like sometimes, and and all coaches do it. Um, yeah. Sometimes the uh, gamesmanship thing of oh, we're not going to announce a starter till the last minute, unless unless those guys are completely different in style you know one uh, one's you know a, a running threat tim tebow or something like that and the other one's more of a pocket passer kind of then i don't know that it's that it that it changes a whole lot of things if they're similar yeah. in style but yeah i could see uh I, and i mean i could see us doing it too where the the starter isn't named until you know kick off or somewhere close to that where you're trying to get the uh gamesmanship advantage or whatever yeah i mean i if it was me i would rather oklahoma state name the freshman spencer sanders at qb and just hope he makes some freshman mistakes that oregon state can capitalize on yeah um but i mean it sounds like the fans think spencer sanders is more talented and they want him there so it'll be it'll be interesting to see though that is not always the case i remember um uh honestly i can't remember what year it was now but it was we we, we were playing arizona one year and they benched their quarterback and they were going to start this young guy and i'm like huh this is good this good you know uh this young guy he's never started before Oh, just Nick Foles tearing us up, and then <laughs> true, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, I do understand. I I do think you uh, going going the freshman quarterback. You know, it, like like you said, if they're if it's all equal, you probably want to go against the guy with a little less experience and hope um he gets a little more of the game day jitters. Whereas you know, Drew Brown is. He started at Hawaii for a couple of years, right? Or at least one year. Yeah, yeah, so he's, he's real good with Hawaii. Yeah, so he's had. I mean, he he's likely not going to be um, uh, get the game day nerves or anything like that um, of a 
unexperienced guy. But then again, you've seen guys like Trevor Lawrence come in last year as a true freshman, and you you, you wouldn't even notice. So, yeah, I hope basically I don't know who I want them to start. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I hope they start the worst of the two. Yes, yes. Let's let's do that. Let's uh, yeah. <laughs> hope they um, start. I hope they start their fourth string guy. <laughs> I don't even know who that is, but I hope they start him. Uh, so it looks like the line um, for the Oklahoma State-Oregon State game is uh, right around 15.5, 16-point favorites for Oklahoma State. Um, what's your bold prediction? Is that is that going to be right about the final score? Is Oregon State going to cover? Is it going to be an Oklahoma State blowout? What are your thoughts on August 30th? Oh. Putting you on the spot. Yeah, I hadn't really thought much thought much about that. I, I And this is 100% hope and bias and all that and me just hoping things are different. I'm going to go with Oregon State covering. I think we still lose, unfortunately. But I'll go, you know, it's a 10-point game or something like that. That being yeah. said, I wouldn't be surprised if they come in and just smoke us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm kind of the same same thoughts as you. I mean, 16 points at home, first game of the season. I feel like that's a lot of points to be giving an and, Oklahoma State team. Yeah. And, I mean, at Oklahoma State, they their defense isn't really that strong typically. Um, not that ours is. But – yeah. I feel like it's probably going to be a, a decently high-scoring affair, so hopefully yeah. we're able to kind of match them. But, yeah, I'll go I'll go with Oregon State covers. And if you bet that and lose, don't come blame me because I don't know what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, my, my bold prediction for this game, a lot of people are predicting a shootout because neither defense is real lights out and both offenses are usually pretty good. Um, but my prediction is it's going to be more focused on the run game for both teams than people are predicting. Uh, Oregon State, obviously, with Jamar Jefferson, they're going to try to manage the clock and give him lots of carries and keep the defense fresh. And then on the other side, Oklahoma State's going to try to test the defensive line in the front seven for Oregon State. So, I mean, they're probably not going to be a ton of stops and playing field position, but I do think it's going to be a lower scoring game just because that run game is going to eat the clock a lot. So I still think it'll be in the 20s to 30s, low 30s, but I don't think it's going to be a game that gets to the 50s for both teams or anything like that. You don't think it's going to be one of those like 77 to 70 Big 12 shootouts that they get? <laughs> I mean, I, it certainly could be with with the defense um, that Oregon State has, but I don't think so. Uh, that's just how I'm feeling at this point. Yeah, I guess that 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 is where that those quarterback uh, starting quarterback questions come into play because I definitely I definitely think if they're going, you know, if Oregon State's going in Luton and Oklahoma State's going Drew Brown, I definitely think they would probably air it out a little bit more versus with the unexperienced guys. You might. Um, want to, like you said, keep it on the ground more. Though you're probably right that the game plan for both teams will likely be mostly keep it on the ground. But I could see 
more more in the air if it's Wooten and Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And that'll be interesting because we'll probably won't even know a starter until next week or game day. <laughs> and and honestly, I, I I fully expect both guys to play that game anyway for Oregon State. I don't know about Oklahoma State, but I I would imagine you'll get um even if it, you know, say Wooten starts, you're gonna get Jebbia for a handful of series at least. Yeah. Um I'm gonna disagree with you there, but that's just because I'm overly optimistic about Luton lighting it up. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> um, so what else? Do we miss anything? Anything else you want to talk about? Oh, I don't know. You said you're you're the one in charge of this thing. I'm just uh I'm just here to <laughs> make more uh, jokes. I mean, one thing that I found kind of hilarious, but not really hilarious, was Tate Martell, the transfer from Ohio State to to Miami. Um, Super highly recruited guy, and he was really talking smack um, to Justin Fields before he transferred to Ohio State, telling him he was going to win a job at Ohio State over him. But then once Justin Fields committed to Ohio State. He transferred to Miami. Everybody assumed he was going to win the starting job, and it came out this past week that he is not the starting quarterback. He lost his job to, like, a redshirt freshman, I think. So it's rough. It's rough out there. It's it's always interesting to see how these um, quarterback transfers go. So, like, Justin Fields transferred from Georgia. Yep. And he, he's getting the job. Um, has Washington named a starter? Do you know? Not official. I don't think so. I mean, everybody expects it to be Jacob Eason. Yeah. Um, but they haven't officially said anything. And their coaches are definitely playing up that competition. I, I, uh, I, this is where the NCAA drives me crazy because well, I can't remember. I think. Most of those guys, oh, yeah, yeah, no worries. You get the waiver. You get to play right away because they're big-time quarterbacks going to a, a blue-blood school, you know, where – but, but you know, some backup yeah. offensive guard wants to move across the country to be with his sick grandpa on the incident. Well, like, no, you have to stay out of here. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the NCAA. Um, don't even get me started. <laughs> But this was from 23 hours ago, Tacoma News Tribune. Chris Peterson offers little information on UW starting quarterback battle. Right. So it's still going on. And they, God, that's, that quarterback room, even even after, um, what was it, Yankoff uh, transferred, that quarterback room is freaking Loaded. deep. It's unfair. Yeah. Like, it just... It's, <laughs> This this is where I want some socialism. Give us some good quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, how do you think Jonathan Smith felt going from Washington, coaching that <laughs> quarterback room? To oh man, yeah. Just kidding. Oregon State's great. <laughs> but I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the offense hasn't been the problem, and it sounds like the defense is ready to to not be the butt of everybody's jokes this year. So I'm going to figure out new jokes to make on Twitter.com. <laughs> um, yeah. I, 
yeah, the even though there was kind of a almost revolving door at quarterback last year between injuries and whatnot, they it is it is impressive how well Oregon State's offense did. Um, and so I'm hoping I, I fully expect an even bigger jump this year with most of those guys having a another year in the system, same having some continuity of coaching and scheme and whatnot. So I'm excited to see how the offense does this year, honestly. Um, and, and the defense, but mostly the offense. <laughs> I, yeah, and I'm excited just for some football. Uh, we're 10 days out. It can't come soon enough. Yeah, but thanks for joining me, Travis. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Of course. And we'll, uh, I think, I'm not sure if we'll do an Oklahoma State preview, but we'll definitely do a podcast after the game when we have some actual tape to break down. There we go.